From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is exactly seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Busy news day, I can promise you. A lot that we're going to share with you this hour. Kirk Conover at 7, Chuck Malamud at 8. We have an opening segment that we're really looking forward to presenting at the beginning of the 9 o'clock hour. And we're slightly adjusting Dr. Newkirk from 920 until closing time today. And we'll catch up all about your pets with Dr. Newkirk. We begin on a very disturbing topic. And I really feel that it's incumbent upon all of us to call this out. We have to make the price that they pay for this kind of tactic disproportionately bad for the provocateurs and practitioners of this filthy slime biden these desperate democrats and their their compatriots in the democratic media they take every tragedy that ever happens and i don't know how they sleep at night actually because It's so callous the way that they do it. They somehow believe that they can call this young guy, Peyton Gendron, a mainstream Republican. Now, this individual is 18 years old, barely old enough to even really have any type of ideology or whether it's radicalized or otherwise. Rolling Stone, and they should be absolutely crushed over it. Public opinion should erupt. They published, I mean, right out of the box. They didn't even wait. Sunday, they published a piece that said that this, I want to call him kid, but he's a young adult, barely. This young man. They called him, Rolling Stone, a mainstream Republican. It is what it is, and it's terrible. I I have no problem acknowledging that it appears to be racially motivated and that it appears to be a hate crime. I'm just wondering why President Biden, when we had other hate crimes, he didn't go visit. He doesn't have anything to say, except gun control, of course, always. So I say whether it is the result of a white supremacist or a black supremacist. The response should be equal. But, of course, that's not how they play it. It's only one narrative. Even though it's the very, very smallest percentage of the time because there's a much more prevalent narrative that gets no public uh, publication, publicity whatsoever. But this particular narrative, you get the full trappings of the White House, the president that doesn't even know what day it is. He's rushing there today. But he didn't go. 
when someone mowed down all kinds of people. He didn't go there. I didn't hear any long speeches. The New York subway guy. Is he a black supremacist? You just have to reject when they try to get away. And it's not just one outlet. You've got Chuck Schumer. He said, I see a conspiracy. Fox News, Tucker Carlson, MAGA Republicans spreading, quote, great replacement racism. I am so sick and tired of the racists. You look at Joe Biden's past record. The things he has said and done. The racists get to call the people who are not racist, racist. It's all a part of bizarro world. These Democrats are dangerous. They're divisive. And their rhetoric is completely dishonest. And I'll tell you, they are obsessed with Tucker Carlson. He, they must poll how incredibly effective he is. Because they are trying to, in particular, to destroy him. I've known him for a long time. He's not a racist. They can say whatever they want. They don't like that he effectively communicates in a way that must be breaking through with, for them, a disturbing number of people because it wouldn't protest so much. And you think about how disproportionate it's true. Fox News is number one, but they have almost without with, with the exception of talk radio, which they tried. They tried to buy it with Air America and it failed miserably. Proving that everything they stand for, unless it is falsely propped up. It cannot stand. Air America needed incredible they were hemorrhaging cash incredible subsidies do you think that npr could make it in the free market if they were not funded that's one of the great outrages of all time that taxpayer dollars go to something that masquerades as news when really It's nothing more than democratic political propaganda. So they don't have talk radio. There are Democrat talk radio hosts, not many, but there are. So they don't have talk radio and they don't have Fox News and it drives them crazy because unless they have everything, they think that things are not the way they are supposed to be. Something must be wrong. And they all do the echo chamber. Schumer sees conspiracy. Fox News, Tucker Carlson, MAGA. You know they spent six months. What a bunch of dopes. They spent six months poll testing. MAGA, King MAGA, Ultra MAGA. Word is that Donald Trump wants to be Prince MAGA. That's that's a slight. 
He's been he's been disrespected. They spent six months, though. Think about that. Crazy. Wow. We've got so much to do. When we come back, I'm not done with this theme, though, because it continues. Yes, there's more. And we'll be back. 15 minutes past the hour. This is WPG Talk Radio. 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. I am early in the morning. We'll be back in just a little bit. With COVID-19. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now. Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, so we have Biden, we have Schumer, we have the Democrat media, of course, Rolling Stone, with their completely outrageous. Think about that. I mean, look at all the profiles we've seen out there, liberal whack jobs that have done terrible things. The media never, ever says, ah, mainstream Democrat commits mass shooting. When's that headline ever been thought of? Marjorie Taylor Greene, who gets uh, smacked around a lot by the Democrat media, she hit back at Liz Cheney because Liz Cheney tweeted something that is just blatantly a lie and completely disgusting. And Liz Cheney is disgusting. She, But see, she has nowhere to go. She... She played out her hand. She's got nothing. So this is all this is all you get. She'll be an MSNBC pundit. Oh, let's go to the Republican uh, opinion. Liz Cheney, uh, what, you're a Republican. What do you think? Yeah, I think Republicans stink. Yeah, we, we, if you say that, then it must really be true because you're a Republican. I mean, how stupid. Do they think we are? You wait. She is going to get blown out in her election. She's not even going to make it to the general election ballot. So Liz Cheney tweets, and I quote, The House GOP leadership has enabled white nationalism, white supremacy, And anti-Semitism. History has taught us that what begins with words ends in far worse. At GOP leaders must renounce and reject these views and those who hold them. Hey, Liz, you jackass. Who, who, Who holds these views? What Republican holds the views that you are accusing? And what leadership has enabled white nationalism, white supremacy, and anti-Semitism. Are you confusing the Republican Party with the Democratic Party? They're, they're the ones. They're the party, the KKK. They're the ones that consistently have members that are anti-Semitic and prove it pretty regularly. What a blatant lie All of this because one gunman killed 10 people, injured, I think, two more at a supermarket in Buffalo. And the Democrats and all of their supporters 
including losers like Liz Cheney, all jump, conflate, and make this stuff up. She doesn't name anybody. Just general, general type, generalized statements. Cheney did not mention any member of the House in her tweet. Congresswoman Green responded by saying, quote, now the Dems make you tweet their divisive and dangerous lies. Also, you can raise money from Democrat donors as you try to cling to your seat and you actually comply. How pathetic. That's absolutely true. Every word of that is true. All right, I could talk for the remainder of the program on that. But that's enough of that. It's lies under the heading of one of our doctrines, liars who lie about lying. Now, I submit to you that there is a real problem here. We know that we have a cognitively challenged president. But there's a real problem with the vice president because in prepared remarks, she repeated the phrase work together five times, I counted, in under 30 seconds, I counted. She was speaking at some event, the... uh, U.S. Association of Southeast Nations special summit. And I watched the video and it's 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 very disturbing. And I know what it is. She she lacks any depth. Again, I don't know how she passed the bar exam because she she behaves like one of the stupidest people I've ever seen. So listen to this. Our world is more interconnected and interdependent. No problem there. That is especially true when it comes to the climate crisis, which is why we will work together and continue to work together. That's twice. You know, if you, I mean, Lincoln wrote that that nation, you know, he put the word that twice in a row. If it was just, and I've never heard anybody else other than Abraham Lincoln do that 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 nation might live is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate. Anyhow, uh, I guess the the key is we got to work together because our vice president says so, which is why we will work together and continue to work together to address these issues. I often note, and I've talked with many of you about our shared belief that our world is more interconnected and interdependent. She just likes to repeat stuff. So let me repeat, since she repeats, which is why we will work together and continue to work together to address these issues, to tackle these challenges, and to work together, third time, as we continue to work operating from the new norms, rules, and agreements that we will convene to work together. We will work together 
<laughs> she added it again. Uh, hey, lady, we get it. We're going to work together. You actually could diagram her sentence, her phraseology. A former gubernatorial candidate who was on hand said, quote, oh, how far we have come from the eloquent speeches of people in high office like Abraham Lincoln or Ronald Reagan, truly one of the greatest orators of all time. Wow. Quote, it looks like Kamala Harris is reading from prepared remarks. That's the thing. She was. You know the thing. This was a good one. I don't know who this is, but Greg Musselwhite said, quote, I'm a welder and I have heard better speakers during safety meetings. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Kamala Harris is out here turning 100 words into 500 words to make the word minimum on her eighth grade research report. I'll tell you this, this Clay Travis, he's a radio host and he's on Fox uh, television quite a bit. He is glib, smart. I, I, I love the things he says. Quote, I don't know how many times I've said this, but every policy answer from Kamala Harris sounds like someone delivering a book report on a book they haven't read. This is so good. Harris has been often criticized for giving rambling and sometimes nonsensical statements either as a part of prepared remarks or in answer to questions. Several weeks ago, she explained space to grown adult sworn in members of the United States Space Force as if they were preschool children. Quote, I think everyone here recognizes how extraordinary space is, whether it's satellites that orbit the Earth, humans that land on the moon or telescopes that peer in the furthest reaches of the universe. Space is exciting. It spurs our imaginations and it forces us to ask big questions. Yeah, it's just not something isn't right here. I don't know what it is. I mean, we know with Joe, we know what the thing is because, you know, the thing with this one, I don't know what to make of it. My own read is that she's lazy, wants the title, but doesn't want to do the work. No doubt in your going through life, you've picked up on that kind of characteristic trait. You've come across it. And look, sometimes it's with people that you say, wow, there's a lot of potential there. But they won't do the work. She comes off to me as someone that I think if she put the time in, could improve. But there doesn't seem to be any desire. And we can say that because, I mean, this happened yesterday or the day before. 
And we're talking about a year and more than four months into this thing. And she's always been terrible, terrible candidate. Remember, she didn't get 1%, not 1% in the Democrat primary. She couldn't even make it to the actual year of the election. She was out that quick. And I think truly, if not the worst, one of the worst selections for vice president in the history of the republic. Remember, in the early days, whoever got the most electoral votes was president. Whoever got the second most was vice president. So you didn't get to pick your vice president. It became adversarial. It was a problem. So they fixed that. So you ran with a nominee. So since I don't hold anybody as vice president against them that they didn't run with. But in terms of picking your running mate, just awful. We'll be back. This is Hurley in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. At 32 minutes past the hour, Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Well, we beat the rest of the media by more than seven hours. Senator Palestina has landed the Atlanta County prosecutor of his choice. It is a big win for Senator Palestina. Check it out. Riri, the dog, is home 10 days after the Egg Harbor Township fire. And yesterday in Atlantic City, there was a rally in opposition of Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Top wind gusts today will be between 20 and 30 miles an hour, right in between breezy and windy. Other than that, today's weather looks great, mostly sunny, dry, and not as humid. Look for a high temperature this afternoon around 77 degrees. Clearing cool tonight, low of 52. Increasing clouds tomorrow, high comes down to 70. Rain rolls in tomorrow night. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. You know, every three seconds. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back to Hurley in the Morning at 38 minutes past the hour. I've always been a big fan of Jack Nicholas, and I love the fact that he couldn't care less about what anybody thinks. He just says what he believes. Golf legend Jack Nicholas came after this whole cancer culture thing. The PGA pulled its latest uh its slated championship at Trump National Golf Course in Bedminster, New Jersey. Now, when I tell you because we have oh, I don't know, 10 years in a row thereabouts, maybe more, we have had a foursome to this particular golf course that you otherwise could not get on. And what a, um, oh, what a, what a great item uh, it is for our charity. This golf course is amazing. Ask Senator Vince Palestina and anyone else that you know who has played it. And Palestina has generously purchased this from our charity several times. This is where the PGA championship should be. But it's been pulled because these Democrats 
these woke jokers, they get away with canceling any one of their choosing. And I like the way he said, hey, I like the, the, the um, PGA head is somebody named Seth. And it's W-A-U-G-H. I don't know what that is. Wah, 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 whatever. Uh, Quote, Seth didn't need this job, Nicholas said. He took the job because he thought he could give the PGA of America some good guidance. And I think he's doing that. But this move is cancel culture. Donald Trump may be a lot of things, but he loves golf and he loves this country. He's a student of the game. And a formidable figure in the game. What he does in the future in golf will depend on what the cancel culture will allow him to do. Isn't that crazy? They get away with deciding. Think about it. It's like the days of thumbs up or thumbs down. Just terrible. The PGA guy, Seth, said, quote, a political situation not of our making had compelled us to seek a new host for the tournament. He cited the situation as an existential threat and that he had no choice. Give me a break. We're fiduciaries of our members for the game, for our mission and for our brand. And how do we best protect that? Our feeling was given the tragic events of Wednesday that we could no longer hold it at Bedminster. The damage could have been irreparable. The only real course of action was to leave. In response, the Trump organization said the PGA had, quote, no right to terminate the agreement. Now, keep in mind, that's when you have a signed contract. Now, the PGA reached an undisclosed settlement with Trump, but it's just wrong. I remember, what was it, back in December? They made an agreement that they've reached a settlement resolving their ongoing disputes, yada, 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 regarding the PGA's decision to cancel its contract with Trump National Golf in Bedminster, New Jersey, to host the 2022 PGA Championship. You you can see, I've said it many times, a self-made man who came in because he wanted to do a good job gets absolutely just butchered. And then you have these political swamp creatures that never earned a fair dollar in their life and that everything is off of the back of the taxpayers They enrich themselves because of their public service. Look at the opposite. Trump has been absolutely demolished because of public service. How can the self-made guy worth billions get hurt financially by serving and these absolute bums get rich in public service? Now, you tell me that that's not the whole truth. And nothing but the truth. You cannot dispute that statement. What money has Joe Biden ever earned to be a multimillionaire? 
Barack Obama, ditto. You could go right down the peanut gallery. We'll be back in just a few minutes. A reminder, Kirk Conover at 7, Chuck Malamon at 8. Dr. Newkirk is not joining us at 9.06. He'll be joining us right after the um, the break, a little bit after 9.20. Busy morning. It is the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. All right, so we have five, if you count uh, Pennsylvania as a commonwealth, four states, one commonwealth uh, that have primary elections today. And a lot of eyeballs will be on Pennsylvania because it has everything that the Democrat media could want. It has Republicans going really hard against one another, and they they obviously try to sabotage Republicans at every turn. So, And also, if Trump doesn't help deliver Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania for the Republican nomination for Senate— uh, they will make his uh, whatever his record is right now, eighty something and one, or it's it's just crazy. His endorsements have just been almost money. But this is in doubt. It was for a long time either going to be Mehmet Oz or David McCormick, and seemingly out of nowhere, Kathy Barnett made a big move. So if you believe the last poll that came out, Oz is up by two points over McCormick, two or three, and then McCormick is up two or so over Barnett. When you have three people within several points of one another, you don't know. It, it really now will be a byproduct of get out the vote. Let me also share something with you quickly. I'm going to come back to Pennsylvania, but I didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday, and it's really important. In all the voting that has taken place so far in 2022, this is really good news. The vast majority is in-person voting. And when that's the case, now these are primaries, but... If that's the case in the general, we win. The Democrats have done well with the vote by mail at several levels. One, I believe they cheat, but they also do more of it. They just work harder at it. You got to give it to them. But this is a good sign, though. The vast majority are voting at the polls and not voting by mail. I like that. I just want one election day, not 13, and that people vote at the polls unless you're sick or you're away. I mean, it, it, it just should be for only a handful of reasons. You watch as they continue to someday it's going to be text message your vote in. And then we just lose the republic at that point. Who the hell could trust that? 
And the cheating's been going on forever. The ballot boxes were stuffed during the 1960 election, and I'm sure in many other elections. But now it's at a level the likes of which we've never seen. So I'm going to make a pocket Kreskin prediction. I, I, I don't do this often. Mehmet Oz will prevail. My feeling about it is he has run a really good campaign. Even though the others are acting like Trump is supporting them, Trump is supporting Mehmet Oz. And Trump released a robocall in the last day or so really praising Dr. Oz and hammering both McCormick and Barnett. So when they run their Trump commercials and then people are like, hey, they're running these Trump commercials, but Trump is, you know, he's for somebody else. I think ultimately that's going to be the difference. Now, if Trump had supported David McCormick and, and several good friends of mine are very close with Dave McCormick and are supporting him. I'm going with Oz. I know you could make a case, things that he has said and done in the past, and you could say the same thing about who was it that that Trump just endorsed, um, drawing a blank, uh, and the person did win, but and he had said terrible things about Trump in the past. And as I say all the time, Trump gets over those kinds of things where most people don't. You can't be like a Mitt Romney and do it again and again and again. He cuts you loose after you do it more than once. But I think for all the reasons I mentioned, Dr. Oz wins tonight in Pennsylvania, and I believe he will win the general election. What's going to be interesting now, if it were a Republican, oh, my God, you'd have to produce medical records for the rest of your life. The lieutenant governor in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, he's going to win the the nomination tonight. That's not going to be in doubt. But a Republican would have to explain. You wouldn't just get away with saying, oh, it's a minor stroke, nothing to it. And, you know, no, you know almost like nothing happened. They would really, really hammer a Republican. Are you up for this? So, yeah, I, I like Oz in uh, in Pennsylvania, and we'll come back tomorrow and see how we did there. I gave some thought about this whole baby formula thing, that you can't even get baby formula. Biden's broken America where you can't even get baby formula. Then I thought about Abbott, which has a great track record in everything that they do. They were shut down. Is this another one of those things where the Biden administration, I just can't believe it. I don't want to believe it, but they seem to create emergencies that then they get to act like they are fixing. They shut Abbott down. Abbott produced 40% of all baby formula. Now, look, if you have E. coli or some kind of sickness comes out of your factory, well, okay, you got to shut down, you super clean, and you reopen. But they had them shut down for months. And don't forget, I heard that lying punk 
that couldn't even fix potholes in uh, South Bend, Indiana, Buddha Judge. I heard him say, we have been on this from the second one for so many months. Come on. The White House press secretary laughed when she was asked, who is the point person? Laughed and made a joke of it. Like the president isn't involved with baby formula. And now they've been involved. Oh, they've been on it since second one. They lie about lying. Hence, liars who lie about lying. So suddenly, after keeping them shut down for months, it's okay to open up the factory. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? You jackasses, why didn't you do that from the beginning? Look, if the Board of Health goes in and they inspect a kitchen and the kitchen fails, the kitchen shut down, they clean, the Board of Health inspector comes back. If it's all good, you get to open. Board of Health comes, inspects the swimming pool. If it fails, the pH, chlorine readings, you get shut down. You fix it. You ask the Board of Health to come back. They come back. They take the test. You stay open. You're you reopen. So Abbott has an agreement to reopen the baby formula plant. I repeat, 40% of baby formula. Now, do they, they shut them down. They created the shortage. And now they're heroes because they're going to reopen it. They defunded the police, remember? Now they're the heroes. Uh, Biden's going to announce a plan today with involving police reform and police this and that. And on Sunday asked for uh, everyone to refund the police. So you get to break it. And then you get to say that you're the fixer. And if you look at all these examples... It's the same play every time. They broke the, uh, the, the gasoline issue here in America. They broke it. We were energy independent. We were a net oil exporter. Now it's 455.9. And it's up again since yesterday. It's now $5.16.9 per gallon. For premium gasoline right now. That's 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 obscene. It's disgraceful. Hey, have you ever witnessed a media more quiet about a trial that's going on? Imagine if this Durham trial was a former Trump campaign lawyer. And don't change any of the circumstances. Can you imagine the nonstop gavel-to-gavel coverage that there would be? Also, uh, we didn't get to this. Let me get it in real quick as the music plays us out. Kirk Conover next, Chuck Malamon after that, Dr. Newkirk uh, beginning at 920. Ronnie Jackson, the former doctor for President Trump and President Obama, said that it is becoming clear that President Joe Biden's cognitive health is declining and that Democrats will soon have to admit that there is a problem. Now, this is 
significant because you have other people saying, ah, he's just a partisan jerk. You know, he has no qualifications. This guy is the doctor to the two immediate past presidents. He said, in my opinion, he won't make it until the end of this term. I think we should pay attention to him. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ HD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It's Harry Hurley. You know the saying, April showers bring May flowers. But what do May flowers bring? Allergies. And you know I know about them. So it's a great time to contact my friends at Ambient Comfort. Ask them about their indoor air quality solutions, including air purifiers and air filtration systems. These systems from Ambient Comfort provide so many benefits for your family. They can disinfect and continuously clean your air, eliminating biological contaminants, including viruses, mold spores, and bacteria. Whether you're dealing with allergies, asthma, or just want to cut down on the dust in your air, Ambient Comfort will audit your home to determine the best air quality solution. Then install and maintain the system that makes sense for your home. If you're a bit of a germaphobe, this is for you. When comfort matters, choose Ambient Comfort. Visit AmbientComfortNJ.com. That's AmbientComfortNJ.com. Or call 609-568-0955. That's 609-568-0955. And tell them Harry Hurley sent you. And I promise you they will do such a great job in your home. They're really wonderful people. All right, so we know we know the playbook. They do it every time. If there's a mass shooting, you can count on a couple of things. Gun control, because they don't want to let that crisis go, and they just keep pushing it because they feel like, hey, just keep throwing it up against the wall. It's like poop. You know, something's going to stick. They just keep doing that play. But then whenever they can, and they don't care about how divisive it is and that it could get other people killed, hurt, because when you get people all divided and jazzed up and upset, anything's possible, but they don't care. So fortunately, there does appear to be a wave of backlash against Rolling Stone, and there should be against Schumer and the rest of these liars that are saying that this horrific mass shooter is, quote-unquote, a mainstream Republican. Joining us now is Kirk Conover. So, Kirk, we know we know the playbook. I don't want to get involved in just – we know that's what they do. What's the best way to respond when the Democrat media, Chuck Schumer, Liz Cheney, when they start calling Republicans – white supremacists and shooters like this uh, young guy, Peyton Gedron, when they call him, quote, a mainstream Republican. What's the best way to respond to that? I think it's basically educating the public. You know, we have to 
those of us who have uh, a microphone or a megaphone have to just shout it from the mountaintops that, uh, you know, that, that's not the case. I mean, everything this guy's manifesto seemed like he was anti-capitalist. Uh, he was uh, railing against everything that, uh, you know, Republicans would support. So I'd say he's probably a, a left-wing wacko. And think, Kirk, how despicable Chuck Schumer is for connecting this kid to Tucker Carlson, to MAGA Republicans, to Fox News. What what incredible invention, inflation, and just blatant divisive lying that is. Yeah, well, it's all part of the uh, left-wing playbook, uh, as you have stated many times. You know, they want to divide. Uh, Saul Alinsky, you know, said you got to demean your your opponent and, and basically, uh, you know, discredit all the institutions you want to take down. And that's what Schumer does. And he, and he does it, uh, you know, effortlessly because that's what he's conditioned himself to do. They actually believe it when they say it. Uh, but it is strictly propaganda, and it's uh, very dangerous for our society. And I can't wait till he's in the minority because... He is, uh, you know, between him and Biden and Harris and Pelosi, I, I, I can't even listen to him anymore because everything out of their mouth is alternative reality. Did you see the latest 30-second speech? And Harris used the phrase work, work together five times in 30 seconds. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Kirk, we're going to work together. And when we get done working together, we're going to work together some more because we have to work together. Because when you work together, you work together and we're going to work together. That's that's the speech she gave. Yeah. Yeah. Least qualified person ever to hold the office. Uh, Would you help me with how did she pass the bar exam? How does somebody this openly stupid? I mean, what's I mean, honestly, I'm not saying it to be a wise guy or to be unkind or nasty. I mean, how how could she have passed something as intricate, complex, challenging, hard? I mean, how how did she do it? Well, all I can think of is she may have been sharper when she was younger, and then she just got lazy as she got older because she worked her way up in all these positions by who she knew. Uh, she didn't really wasn't qualified for any position. Yeah, Willie Brown tells it a little bit different than that, but I'll go with your version, Kurt. <laughs> uh, well, she she knew him very well, right? He says but, so. Uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, terrible situation. I was uh, watching uh, Piers Morgan on Fox & Friends yesterday, and he was talking about the appearance of Harris and Biden to like the Europeans and to the Brits. And they're like, basically our presidential and vice presidential leadership is a joke over there. And, you know, no wonder that, uh, you know, Putin felt his oats, uh, you know, that he could just invade uh, Ukraine uh, simply because foreign leaders do not respect our presidential leadership. They recognize that he's in decline. I think uh, Morgan put it pretty pretty bluntly. He said, 
you compare the firebrand senator of you know 15 years ago to the shell of a man you see today and you know why the world is worried Kirk, uh, after the break, we'll get our break in. And after the break, I want you to respond uh, from your um, perch as as a great uh, economist, a very good friend of mine in real time. When I say real time, just a little bit ago, in the last 15 minutes, it seems, just filled up their car, or at least they're just telling me that they recently filled up their car. But I think it is, I think it is literally in the last 15 or so minutes, $124. So we know that it's the highest it's ever been. It's uh, 455.9 for regular gasoline in many of the uh, local gas stations here in the southern portion of the state. 516.9 for premium, $124 to fill the tank. I want to talk about that, how detrimental that is to families, to the economy, to having money to spend on other things, how that hurts and ripples. I want to talk about it all when we come back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. It's 14 minutes past the hour. He is former Assemblyman Kirk Conover. I am your humble Mayor of the Morning, this is WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you, and we know it. I am Hurley in the Morning. Here's our friend, Sean Hannity. We'll be right back. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. What is the general rule for an election? We have a chance to take back the House and the Senate this year to stop the worst presidency in the modern era. We cannot take for granted that we're going to hold that seat in Pennsylvania. You need the most conservative that can win, the most MAGA that can win. I believe strongly that's Dr. Oz. I don't tell people how to vote. That's going to be up to the people of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. But I will tell you, there will be consequences. You know, look look at the Club for Growth, you know, sending in millions of dollars so they support all these positions. We can't get in touch with them. They want to answer my call. And I'm telling you, all these races, we now see a movement where Trump-endorsed candidates are now being targeted. There's like $45 million that was dropped on Dr. Oz's head in negative ads. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show. Are you a real estate investor looking to refinance one or more of your properties? Most lenders only work with cookie cutter W-2 borrowers. At Cash Call Mortgage, we have loans designed specifically for investment properties. We qualify customers based on the cash flow from the investment property. Borrowers can get up to $2.5 million. That's right, $2.5 million. No tax returns or employment verification needed for our investment property loans and absolutely no lender or broker fees. If you're a real estate investor looking to refinance a mortgage on one or more of your investment properties, give Cash Call Mortgage a try. To see if you qualify, visit CashCallMortgage.com or call now, 800-940-0226. That's 800-940-0226. 800-940-0226. Cash Call Mortgage is a DBA of Impact Mortgage Corp. NMLS ID 128231. Not all applicants will qualify. Equal housing lender. Licensed by California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation. Residential Mortgage Lending Act License Number 4131083. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. Or visit CashCallMortgage.com. 
Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Hey, thank you. I am with Assemblyman Kirk Conover. And let me put a real face on this. My good friend Tom P., who is the host of Rack and Fin Radio for many, many years here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and our sister station 97.3 ESPN. So Tom P., very successful and shared with me that at 465 per gallon our fishing trips are being cut by 20 to 25% probably 30 to 35% once the price goes beyond $5.35 per gallon so that kirk is a very real example now of course we know and the truckers uh that bring our goods and services and things goods and wares they're using diesel almost exclusively 100% of the time. And in some cases, that's way up there, 650 and 7 and beyond. So all of this is very debilitating. Yeah, and it's uh, self-imposed. You know, the, the oil market's very interesting. You see, uh, if you read the financial sections, you see, you know, oil futures. And what are they? That's... That's the marketplace where people who buy and sell oil for a living hedge their bets on future pricing. So it's very important that the you know the futures market is there so that the people that really need oil um, can get it when they need it. And why do I say all this? Because that is called a futures market because the price of oil looks to the future and as biden took office and he canceled pipelines and canceled leasing all that says to the oil market is there's going to be a scarcity in the future so prices have to go up and they've been climbing since biden administration took office since uh biden you know signed all these executive orders uh, basically declaring you know that war on fossil fuels, you know, we're going to be out of the fossil fuel business by you know, 2035 or something. I mean, unrealistic. And all that adds up to market perception that fossil fuels are going to be cut back, oil production is going to be cut back, and prices are going to have to go up. And that's what we see happening every day. And it is debilitating. The uh, base of the economy is basically energy. I mean, you, you have to put energy into the economy to manufacture things, to provide service, to deliver goods, uh, to grow crops. Uh, you know, everything's affected by it. And I see today it's it's almost up a dollar. You know, it's $115 a, a barrel. So yeah, it's uh, it's a horrible thing. Uh, basically, Biden, by the stroke of a pen, cut two million barrels a day of supply uh, in the United States. We went from energy independence to being, you know, begging OPEC to sell us oil, begging Venezuela to sell us more oil, and they basically refused because. They, they know a good thing when they see it. You know, they benefit from these higher prices. 
Um, and you know, he just he just canceled a, a million acre lease uh, program uh, for Alaska, and another huge uh, lease program for the Gulf of Mexico. And the lame old excuse was that you know, the you know, oil companies aren't interested in drilling these leases. Well, you don't know till you put it out there. And the other thing that But they, they also know, Kirk, even if they did a fake out and it encouraged some people to participate, they really don't want to because they cannot trust this administration. This administration has been so adverse to energy and they know it, Kirk. Yeah, and <clears throat> the other thing that they did and that didn't get much publicity was they reimposed all the regulations that the Trump administration uh, eliminated on the oil production, they reimposed all the regulations. So <clears throat> you can go to an oil lease, uh, it can be uh, productive, but it's a real chore to try to get the infrastructure to your oil rig to get the oil or natural gas to the marketplace. You know, because that takes pipelines, it takes infrastructure. And they put all these uh, regulations back in effect that basically hobble the ability of oil explorers and, and new producers to get their product to the market. And, you know, let's face it, the Keystone XL pipeline would be completed today and, and supplying us 800,000 barrels a day of Canadian crude oil. You know, that would do wonders. So it's just a self-imposed crisis dictated by the the climate cult, um, which is totally unrealistic. I'm I'm wondering when uh, the mass media and the people are going to wake up to the fact that we're going to need fossil fuels forever because they are such a compact and powerful form of energy. they provide the base reliability for our electrical grid. So it's great that you have all these alternatives and people buy electric cars and this and that, but bottom line is solar panels and windmills are a good supplement, but they're not reliable enough to put the base reliability into our electrical and energy grid. What's well, true. I mean, think if you relied on that and then you had the week that we've had in this area with no sun, no production. I came back uh, from beautiful sunny weather to see no production, none to speak of for five days. That would normally be hundreds of kilowatts generated. Nothing because of um, if the sun isn't there, if the wind isn't there. You, you you can only use that as a supplement for the reasons you said. It's not 100% reliable. In ter- it needs these other variables that are just not able to be controlled. I think we can start this. We might even finish it. And if we need more time, we can come back after the bottom of the hour break and touch on it a little bit more. But I want to get your take, Kirk Conover, on President Biden spending good money and poll testing for six months before employing it, the term ultra MAGA, king MAGA. I think that is some of the most stupid, childish, name-calling, dividing half the country 
as many people that he's calling that name voted for someone else to be president. I think it's really stupid. I don't know where their polling data after six months told them, hey, yeah, yeah, this is going to really this can be good for you. Go with this. That has failed miserably. What are your thoughts about it? It is idiotic, uh, simply because if you think about what MAGA stands for, make America great again. I mean, who's against making America great? Well, apparently it's the Democrat Party. Uh, You know, starting with Obama, he didn't want us to be great. He didn't want us to be exceptional. He just wanted us to be just another country in the world. And uh, that doesn't cut it with most Americans that I know. So... I embrace, you know, being called ultra MAGA because I really do want America to be great I mean, again. Kirk, didn't they learn? I mean, remember when Hillary Clinton said a, you know, a basket full of deplorables? I mean, don't they ever learn? They just it's Groundhog Day. They just repeat the same thing again and again. Well, I guess it's the tail of the scorpion and the frog. They just can't help themselves. They got to be true to their own nature, and their own nature is when they can't win the argument, they got to in- insult their opponents. And they do not have winning arguments. I can't see anything that they're proposing uh, that that the American people embrace and think is popular. I mean, uh, Biden hasn't built anything. Uh, nothing's uh, back, and uh, nothing's better. Everything's worse. So when you're faced with, you know, the uncontrolled border, runaway inflation, uh, high energy prices, uh, shortages of essential goods and services, uh, you know, they have to just insult the the opposition because they've got nothing left. But, yeah, the pollsters, um, I'm convinced that – People like Pelosi and Schumer and and, uh, Biden and Harris, they they actually live in an alternative universe. They don't see the real America out there. They don't see the hardworking people and and what the the hardworking people of this country want for themselves, which is a better life for them and their family, and and the opportunity to be, you know, better than than the generation before the opportunity to make this country you know and keep it the the, the greatest uh, superpower and an economic uh, engine the world's ever seen that's what the normal american wants and the democrat party's just not delivering so yeah they really should ask for a refund uh if you spent six months to unleash that uh you're pathetic that is so bad. I would have done it for nothing. I would have told him, don't insult half of the country. It's not smart. You're talking about doing the same thing that Hillary Clinton did, who lost the national election. Bad, bad idea. But that's what this administration has been. Wrong about everything. You, you Think about everything. Afghanistan. Don't hear anything about that. Afghanistan just took more rights away from women and and other people uh, hear nothing. And notice, we don't hear anything about Russia-Ukraine. There's Where'd all that coverage go? That's almost like that's not even going on right now. Much more with Kirk Conover when we come back. I am Hurley in the Morning. This is WPG Talk Radio. 
95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Just a few clicks before 32 minutes past the hour. I am Harry Hurley, and here are three stories that you can follow right now on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Senator Vince Palestina lands the Atlantic County prosecutor of his choice. We broke the news. It's a big win for Senator Palestina. Elections have consequences. That would have been an outsider if Senator Palestina didn't win. Riri the dog is home after 10 days on the lam, running out of an egg harbor township fire. It's an awesome story. Marty Small and a whole lot more. .com. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. We've got sunshine and mild temperatures ahead for today. 50s now, 77 this afternoon. It will stay breezy to windy all day as our new cooler, drier air mass takes hold. And tonight will get pretty cool. Low of 52 with clear skies. Tomorrow, increasing clouds. High comes down to 70. Rain rolls in tomorrow night through mid-morning Thursday. Then we'll see slow clearing at a high of 75 Thursday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 38 minutes past the hour visiting with former New Jersey Assemblyman Kirk Conover. And uh, if you've missed anything, go to the podcast a little bit later today and uh, it will be worth you checking in on it. I would like to go back. It's not the same topic, but it's sort of the same topic, but it's a different actor within the same uh, issue that we opened up with, Kirk. Liz Cheney, who has, in no uncertain terms, she has said that the House GOP leadership has enabled white nationalism, white supremacy, and anti-Semitism. History has taught us that what begins with words ends in far worse GOP leaders must renounce and reject those views, these views, and those who hold them. And she's referring to the gunman who killed 10 people, and she's connecting. Now, we understand she's blown up her brand. She's finished. She's going to get demolished in her election, and she has nowhere to go but to be a Republican analyst uh, on a station like MSNBC or CNN. But these are disgraceful words. It's terrible. <clears throat> she's another one operating in an alternative universe, and I really believe that she's only a Republican because her father is a Republican. And uh, I've, I've known quite a few Republicans like that, uh, but none of them went off the reservation like, like she had. Well, do you remember she was in leadership uh, and I think like number three or number four in the, in the whole hierarchy of things, and she was... Uh, decidedly conservative, and she just went bananas during the Trump presidency. Yeah, she was irrationally triggered by uh, President Trump's personality. And uh, wouldn't we trade some mean tweets for uh, affordable gas and groceries? Yeah, my friend, instead of $124 to fill his car, probably would have spent about $50. I mean, you're talking about dramatic increases i had the list yesterday let me see if i can go back into the uh the wayback machine here kirk because these were stunning numbers when i hear 8.3 percent uh inflation and the month before it was 8.5 and for those 
who are wondering, oh, well, it's getting better. Uh, statistically, that's irrelevant. But even if you say it's two um, percent less, oil prices went down, gasoline prices went down for most of the month in question. If they were where they are now, this would have gone up beyond 8.5. So that was very, um, very misleading. See if I can find this. I think I have it. Yeah, here it is. Inflation in America. And I'm only referring to 2022 versus 2021. Gas is up 43.6%. I think it's more than that. Airline fares up 33.3%. Used cars up 22.7%. Eggs up 22.6%. Meat, poultry, and fish up 13.8%. Milk up 14.7%. Coffee up 13.5%. Electricity up 11%. Real average hourly earnings down minus 2.6%. Because even if you've gotten an increase, it isn't keeping up with the cost of the things that you need to buy and that you want to buy. Kirk, those numbers are astounding. They are alarming. Yeah, and they're painful because those are the things that uh, Americans depend on, you know, to run their households and and make a living and so forth. So it's an insidious uh, condition, and I've read multiple times uh, from other economists that it's a measured inflation today the way they measured it in 1980 uh it would be more like 17 percent uh, which is you know astronomical uh, historically astronomical so yeah and you know also remember the producer price index went up 11 percent and that's a record and what does that mean well that means that's going to translate into the retail inflation uh, over the next month or so. Yeah. And the real scary part is all the distortions this makes. I mean, fixed income investments are in the negative when there's this kind of inflation. Uh, Dividend paying stocks, those returns are in the negative. Wage increases are in the negative because they can't keep up with this kind of inflation. And, uh, you know, I saw that uh, Microsoft is raising all the wages of their people, trying to, you know, keep their employees in the fold. And, you know, inflation uh, at this level creates labor market pressures. And that, you know, makes employers have to pay more. And that translates into more inflation. So you've got uh, a lot of cost push inflation here. And I, I don't see... The scary part is I don't see that the the Fed has many weapons left to fight inflation. Um, you know, my solution. Kirk, was- Kirk, let me hold you till the break, and I want to pose the question to you. A very bright thinker, and I I thought that he was competent. Some people will disagree, but when we were about a day away from the United States of America being insolvent, I think Ben Bernanke. He's a pretty solid guy. Uh, he said, look out for stagflation. And I think a former Clinton cabinet official uh, also has been warning about that. We'll get Kirk's take on that when we come back right after this. Don't go away. It's 44, almost 45 minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamut is on deck. We modified Dr. Newkirk. We have an opening segment at 9.06 that we're going to share with you. 
Then we're going to go to Dr. Newkirk today at 920 until the end of the program. Uh, So that's the remainder of today's program. Looking forward to it. Chuck is on deck. And then a mini segment with us, Dr. Newkirk. And then we're on to Brian Kilmeade, where I teased yesterday, and I'll tease it once more now until it's officially announced. Brian Kilmeade and I are going to be partnering together on something that I can't wait to tell you about. It's it's very, very cool, and you will be able to see it. I'll tell you that much. You will be able to see it because it will be memorialized in perfect high-definition quality. I'll give you all the details as soon as I am uh, unbridled to do so. With Kirk Conifer, I am Hurley in the Morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you, and we know it. Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. We're back nine minutes before the top of the hour with Kirk Conover, Chuck Malamut, all about your financial matters. Chuck Malamut is just uh, minutes away from his assigned parking. He has a sign with his name on it and everything. His assigned parking place here at Broadcast Center. He's very special. Chuck Malamut, all about your financial matters, is next. Dr. Newkirk from 920 until Brian Kilmeade, all about your pets. So very busy morning continues. All right, Kirk, I I dared to speak the word stagflation. Is that is that something that reasonably speaking could be in our future? Well, uh, we saw a decline in the GDP in the first quarter of 1.4%, which was unexpected. Uh, and that, to me, that's what inflation does. It, it causes people, uh, rational people, to cut back on discretionary spending. Do you think we will have contraction in the second quarter, even if, if it's fractionally, and that we will be in literally a recession to two straight quarters negative would mean by the book recession do you see us hitting that or do you see us having even if it's anemic do you see us eking out minimal growth and then we it would take then two more straight quarters uh so it's really it's uh, hanging in the balance but which way do you think it's going to go well, the 1.4% decline, uh, the way these things usually go, they'll, it'll get revised. It'll be probably closer to 1% decline when they get done manipulating the numbers. So I think we might see uh, 1% growth in the uh, GDP in the, second, um, in the second quarter. Which will mean we are not in a recession. Right. But again, that's uh, stagnation. Growth of the GDP less than two percent 
is considered stagnation because it doesn't keep up with uh, the growth required to support the population increase. Right. So Or the inflation that we're experiencing. Right. Back in the day when, when uh, we were uh, kidding Chuck about, you know, the new normal being like one and a half percent growth, um, you know, that basically is stagnation. Yeah. By the way, that for those who forget that era, Obamanomics were so awful that we couldn't grow the way that America had grown for its entire existence. So the Democratic media, this is how sycophant, this is how idol-worshipping, disgusting and dishonest they are. They said this is the new norm. But, of course, once we got rid of him, we grew like we always did with President Trump. It was a big lie. Yeah, historically, the since World War II, the growth rate of, of the United States has been uh, a low of 3% and upwards to 5 and 6% per year in the GDP. And that's when you have proper economic policies in place, you know, uh, taxation that's uh, fair and encourages investment. And, and, you know, that all those things go away with Democrat control of government because they just don't believe in that. They want to raise taxes and, and, and remove incentives to work and, and incentives to prosper because they don't want us to be, you know, the exceptional country that we're supposed to be. They want us to be just like everybody else. And if you look at Europe, which they want us to be just like, I mean, Europe has been struggling with, uh, you know, 2% growth rate for, you know, a decade and a half. And subsequently, you know, their population uh, is stagnating also. And that's why, you know, I I look at uh, Elon Musk as someone who has uh, some pretty keen insights on the economy, even though, you know. Did you hear hear him? I mean, what he said about Biden and the teleprompter, basically Ron Burgundy uh, type stuff. He just shredded President Biden yesterday. Yeah, he said the real president is whoever operates the teleprompter. Yeah, he said if somebody bumped into it, we, you know, we'd be in trouble. I mean, it was fantastic. Here's one that basically is getting no coverage whatsoever. Fox News is giving it a little bit of coverage, but nobody else is even covering it. And if you had a former Trump lawyer on criminal trial and don't change anything except what I just said, this would be gavel to gavel. Uh, it, you wouldn't be able to avoid it. Nothing. Basically crickets. So the first Durham trial is ongoing with this attorney, Sussman, from the law firm of Perkins Coie, who worked directly for Hillary Clinton's campaign, who it's it's been established, gave the FBI supposed evidence of potential ties between Trump and Russia. All of it bunk what's your comment about this well it looks like um and what what you hear is that Durham's trying to do this thorough investigation but what i see is they're trying to load it all all onto the russia hoax all onto these lawyers and and uh, campaign people and you and i know Hillary had to 
put it in place. She had to give the go sign to it. These people don't operate on their own. You know, they just, uh, somehow this is all going to avoid Hillary. And that is a big injustice. I mean, yeah. they put this Russia hoax in place to try to win the election. She loses the election. They keep the Russia hoax going, which basically impeded uh, uh, the Trump presidency. And there's no way you can tell me it didn't. Uh, I know he accomplished an awful lot, you know, he, but what he could have, what more he could have done if he didn't have to constantly fight that. So that's a real crime. And uh, I just have a feeling somehow she's going to skate through it and they're going to get all these underlings uh, and call it a day. They're going to put, put them in jail or whatever punishment comes of it. Now, yeah, you're, Kirk, you're absolutely right about this. She will completely escape it. The only association will be whoever goes down, they will say, was an attorney on the Clinton campaign. But just like with Obama when they took illegal foreign contributions and Hillary Clinton with all the um, horrifically bad things she has done, they always escape direct accountability. Yeah, and that's... Uh fostered by you know the compliant mainstream left-wing media um so i, I don't well, know and, even, and even the democratic presence in the fbi and in law enforcement in the judiciary they just catch a break i mean think about how uh comey allowed uh hillary clinton's attorney to be there when that person should have been a person of interest at least if not more uh it's just it's just awful what what we what what and, and that whole server thing that she was able to get away with and mishandling uh, documents with top secret code. Thirty seconds closing comment. Anything you'd like to close with? Well, the government's got to put policies in place uh, that control spending. Uh, the Fed's got to gradually raise interest rates to get this inflation under control. Unfortunately, I don't see. Biden is big enough person to admit that uh, the restrictions on the fossil fuel industry were a mistake. And that's what we need to turn this around. And hence, he, he uh, canceled the Alaska lease uh, uh, auction that was going to take place. He, I mean, it's, it's just terrible. Kirk, great hour. Chuck Malamut is next. We'll talk to you soon, Kirk. All right. Thanks, Harry. Always a pleasure to be on the program. Thank you, sir. WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. This program is presented by Chuck Malamut, a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley. The information, views, and opinions expressed are those of Chuck Malamut do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley or its affiliates. They are current as of the date of this broadcast, subject to change without notice. Neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, member SIPC. Brother Chuck Malamut. Yay! 
Good morning, Harry. How are you today? Good to see you. I was looking for my, uh, somebody took my parking sign down. You're parking, you're assigned parking with your own sign. Yeah, yeah. it was. It's impressive. Uh, I think right. maybe Kirk grabbed it or something. It might, they might have, might be the same person that took Harry Hurley way down. <laughs> Could be something like that. Good morning, Harry. Good to see you. Uh, yeah, it's great to be seen. So, uh, pretty interesting week that we had last week in the stock market. Lower again. Uh, S&P was down 2.4%. It was a sixth straight week. And, Harry, uh, and um, unfortunately, uh, what I'm going to report here, it's the longest stretch that we've had in the, over the last 10 years. Mm. Uh, during the, the midweek sell-off, the, the S&P hit the lowest point since March 2021. And the NASDAQ, the lowest point since November 2020. The uh, the bearish case for equities focused on things that we've always we've been talking about: monetary tightening, persistent inflation, uh, the, mm-hmm. the China COVID lockdowns, recession fears, which we'll get into a little bit later in our show today, and extended valuations. So the only positive sector for the week were consumer staples, which you would you know which would happen in, in times like this, up three-tenths of 1%. The worst sectors were real estate investment trust or REITs and financials down 35 to 4%, uh, 4% do you, uh, respectfully. Do you, th- do you think, Chuck, we're in a full-blown environment where need buying will take place but want buying will slow? Uh, yeah, I do, and I, I think... Yes, and and uh, we're going to get into that a, okay. a little a little bit later today. But let me let me continue on mm-hmm. if we could, mm-hmm. and kind of roll the clock back uh, to where we were at the beginning of January. It's hard to believe, Harry, on January the third of this year, uh, the S and P five hundred, you know, reached uh, its all time high, and has going into yesterday's action was down just about sixteen percent. Uh, through through last Friday, and and again, uh, the S and P fared better than the Nasdaq, but um, you know the Na- but the da- the Dow Jones, although limited to thirty stocks, did in fact a better job. But all three of those indices, you know, are are down week to date, year to date, uh, and, and and unfortunately, Harry, there's been a fair amount of red on the screen and. We did have somewhat of a reprieve on Friday, and looks like maybe going into today as well. But when you look at at the indices, Dow Jones down ten point eight percent, S and P down fifteen, and the Nasdaq down twenty four. From a se- from a sector perspective, again best performing, and you guys kind of chatted about this last hour. Energy up about forty seven percent, and then Harry, the next closest sector that's up was utilities up one half of 1% and consumer staples up one half of 1%. So it's been very challenging unless you were all in on energy and cash to make money uh, so far this year. Consumer discretionary, communication services, information technology down anywhere from 20 to 25% year to date. And the 10-year treasury that we all follow uh, year to date is down 11.6 percent, 
and for the trailing 12 months down 9.2 percent so we had a when you think about it they you know the traditional 60 40 60 percent equities 40 percent fixed income usually works because in tough times with the equity markets the bonds you know usually hold up and, and vice versa but this year in particular um harry unfortunately nothing worked bonds did not work uh stocks did not work and as i mentioned a, a few minutes ago or a minute ago the only thing that has worked is energy uh, and cash chuck malamut talking about your financial matters to reach chuck for all of your financial planning 609-383-2010 this is not on the agenda but it's right in the wheelhouse of the malamut team is this a good time to sit down and look at your portfolio and see what you're doing now and what do you say about that harry uh yes we we uh, recommend to our clients and our prospective clients that uh you know you're constantly looking not necessarily making a lot of changes but maybe tweaking the portfolio and and unfortunately if you remember and this kind of reminds me of the of the dot-com era and the tech wreck uh, that, you know, we all have a tendency to overweight uh, sectors that, you know, that do very, very well, but, but do not get off of those sectors or rebalance the accounts in enough time. And then you get kind of caught like we, like we just have gone through over the last, you know, four and a half months or so. First break, we're going to come right back. It's 13 minutes past the hour with Chuck Malama talking all about your financial matters. 609-383-2010. Dr. Newkirk joining us a little bit later in the program, basically about an hour from now, hour and five minutes from now. Uh, and he'll be talking all about your pets. That's coming up. And he'll be with us. Uh, we're starting a little bit late. We have um, an opening segment that we'll be doing. We'll go right to Dr. Newkirk. And Dr. Newkirk will be with us right until Brian Kilmeade at six minutes past the top of the next hour. We'll be back with Chuck Malamut. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. It's 18 minutes past the hour with Chuck Malamut talking all about your financial matters Friday the 13th, 13th Friday, Chuck. Friday the 13th, Harry, and, and uh, when we walked out, Mike and I walked out on Thursday, we look at each other and said, oh, <laughs> are we going to run into any black cats? Are we going to have any problems? Uh, but as it turned out, Friday the 13th actually was a was a, a pretty stellar day in the equity markets. Uh, the NASDAQ, uh, the uh, Russell 2000, the S&P 500, the Dow Jones, all a pretty uh, pretty significantly uh, at a at a minimum two point four percent, and the Nasdaq was actually up about three point eight. Now the question is: Is this considered a snapback rally? Is it as a rally? You know, in a, is it a bear? Which we oftentimes refer to as a bear market trap. That's what the um, <clears throat> the talking head said it was. They no. didn't, they didn't even let good news be good news. So the the question is when you, when you look at it, the S and P at the time was, you know closed for the day at 4,024. Yesterday, we were just around 4,000. 
And today we're seeing some follow through from Friday's action where all the indices are up and they're up pretty significantly. And we, as you know, we don't talk about individual companies, but retail is reporting today and tomorrow and a, a big beat by Home Depot. And on the flip side, uh, not so great news coming out of Walmart. And it was a, a lot to do with labor uh, shortages and supply chain. Uh, that was what they, they they said their problems were. Uh, putting that aside, they would have had a they would have had a, a really good quarter. Um, but you know, the one thing that we've been talking about, and you and Kirk kind of talked about it today. You talk about it. You talk about it last week. Um, CPI. Yeah. And you know, April. You know, the headline CPI that came across. I don't think it came as a surprise to anyone. Up three tenths month over month. Uh, but but it was a slowdown. You know, from March's month over month gain. But I, I reject that because my reading on this, Chuck, said that the gasoline prices came down, but they went right back up to new all-time highs. <clears throat> and if they didn't come down for just that window when this is evaluated, it wouldn't have gone down from 8.5 to 8.3. So, Harry, the the most of the April uh, gain resulted from in- increased uh, service components like airfares. I mean, have you, have you priced an airline ticket recently? Uh, it, it's gone up a lot. It's up like 33 and some mm-hmm. odd percent. And then shelter costs, the cost of rent in, in particular. Yeah. So the question is, you know, have we in fact peaked uh, during the month of March? And, and if so, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, smart talking heads that say we have, but it, it's, it, it's going to be very, very, uh, I think we're going to be at these high levels, Harry, for you know, for a fair amount of time, it's not like we're going to just kind of fall off the cliff and then inflation is going to go down to, you know, 2%. But Is this um, expected that this is going to be the whole year? We think there's going to be uh, a reduction in inflation as we get into the second half of this year. But what's happening right now, and investors, you know, continue to grapple with these inflation risks. Uh you know, four decade, four four decade highs amid, amid uh, broadening price pressures in the service sector. Uh, the Fed, as we've as we've talked about, and you talked about last hour, they're going to continue with this very tight monetary policy at least through the end of this year, depending upon how the numbers show up. Uh, in, investors, in the meantime, are getting very very concerned. You know, because the punch bowl has been taken away with the the, the liquidity drain that, that's going to probably put the economy, unfortunately, before not too long, maybe into a recession. Do they uh, think that I asked Kirk this question? I'll ask it of you. Do you think the next quarter will be negative? I don't think the next quarter will be negative. But I think what, what you're seeing, Harry, is that and, and look, Morgan Stanley just the other day raised their um you know, prediction of going into recession from 5% to 27%. And what we're seeing is that if in, if in fact it does happen, Harry, in all likelihood, maybe 2023, not necessarily 2022. But in, investors are now coming, Harry, to terms with this, 
this shift that we've seen, uh, low inflation, we were at low inflation, low rates, negative uh, real, real yield environment to now a higher inflation, higher rates, and a positive uh, real yield. For the, and we haven't seen this in quite some time, and it's really been challenging for growth investors, particularly those that you know uh, owned a lot of these technology stocks because higher rates you know create a, an increased cost of doing business and ultimately the tech space gets hurt the most when you have times like this. Chuck, you are mighty, you are mystical, you are all powerful, but I do not expect you to be Nostradamus however. Uh, when this administration took office, inflation was two and a half percent. What does it take to get inflation back to three percent range ish? Well, I think Harry, obviously, fuel, mm-hmm. uh, shelter, yep, uh, and supply chain needs to needs to get back uh, to where it was before. I'm not I'm not quite certain uh, how we're going to get there, Harry. You know. Financial conditions, as we mentioned, are going to tighten. Markets are going to probably struggle until that that question is ultimately answered. And and I think that's the sixty was the sixty four dollars sixty four thousand thousand. Hama hama hama, Ralph Grand. <laughs> that's the big question. And 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 can we get back to three? I think <clears throat> I think Harry, we can. You know, we've been there before. You know, you know when you're. Looking at where we are now, and I know I heard you this morning, one hundred and twenty dollars, one hundred twenty-four dollars, one hundred twenty-four dollars to fill it, fill the tank. Uh, it's a tax on everyone. It doesn't. This is this is not this tax does not discriminate. And wages actually have gone down. Hey Jim, wages have gone down two point six percent. Even though people are experiencing wage increases, they cannot keep up with the inflation. And, you know, when you look at the consumer uh, in, in particular, what, what, what is happening now, uh, there was just a recent survey done by the University of Michigan, and they measured consumer sentiment, and it declined six points uh, to 59.1, and that's well below, uh, you know, the, the consensus where we need to be. And, again, inflation continues to weigh on real incomes, as you just noted. And it's likely to be one of the major reasons for the drop. I mean, consumers, Harry, I mean, they, they, a lot of them have spent the, the COVID money uh, that they received. And now they're looking down the road and saying, oh, my goodness, I can't go take that trip. You would think coming out of the pandemic that like the roaring 20s we this would be our century of roaring 20s it hasn't played that way uh, remember when they the experts thought that it might take 10 years for us to get our mojo back because of what happened right during the pandemic and it came back so quickly they have just been spectacularly wrong about everything and let me bring the fed into this because i think that there is tremendous pressure on the fed to perform and to perform well The president quietly, the Senate quietly, they have nominated and and, uh, uh, advice and consent confirmed Chairman Powell for another term. So the confidence has been placed in him by our elected leaders, both executive and legislative branches. I think the pressure is really on the Fed to perform, Chuck. Harry, the question at hand is, did the Fed come 
they st- they start too late and they're behind the curve. Yes. And, uh, yes. It, it looks as if they are, and you're going to see multi you know multiple meetings with 50 basis point rate hikes and probably finish up the year two and a quarter, two and a half in all likelihood, unless unless the information that they receive and as far as what's happening with respect to the economy and everything around the economy, if it, if the numbers aren't there and the, and we do end up in a slowdown, the Fed will, I think they'll put the brakes on. There's no, re, there's no reason for them to continue with that at that juncture. Do you think we're in an environment where, uh, I don't want to compare it to 2008, 2009, where all of a sudden uh, credit lines are going to be decreased, credit card uh, limits will be decreased. Do you see any type of, of uh, painful contraction coming like that? I think the contraction is going to come with the fact that interest rates increase. But we, not we, cutting people's lines of well, credit? Or their uh, a lot lines. of uh, I don't think they're going to necessarily cut them, but the, the fact of the matter is, if if you if you had let the perfect case in point, let's say you wanted to go refinance your mortgage, uh, to you know do a refi, what is referred to as a refi cash out. There's equity in your home. Uh, you want to you want to strip some of that out to do whatever you're going to do with that cash, and in all likelihood you're going if you go to do that refinance Harry you're going to be paying a higher rate than where you are currently because if you were a student enough you would have refinanced your loan you know multiple times uh, in in the down, in when we had the, the decrease in rates so let's say you wanted to take out $100,000 and now you're paying you know 2% more than you were paying on your mortgage previously uh, there's a cost of doing business at the, at the end of the day, and you say, and the, and the consumer says, well, maybe I really don't need that money, uh, and and maybe I'm not going to tap into my home, Harry, and, and take that $100,000. So think about that and what people are thinking about, you know, day in and day out. So to answer your question, I don't think you need a the tech wreck. I don't think you need the dot-com uh, bubble, so to speak. I don't think you need the mortgage meltdown, you know, the great re- the great recession that we had. Uh, that was the last, the last, you know, big event, so to speak. I think this is going to be a lot of it's going to be sort of self-created at the end of the day. Mm, painful, without a doubt. I know this is something that you expertly follow, and I, I'm a fan of and believer of passes prologue. So when we look back and see what two-year and ten-year yield curves, what that has meant, where do we go from here? So, Harry, remember the, the media. Uh, the, the, and for those... It's a cliffhanger. We've got to get the bottom of the hour break. That's on me, not on you. I shouldn't have posed the question. We'll hold it in abeyance. The question is on the floor. When we come back, Chuck will address two-year, 10-year yield curve and where we go from here with Chuck Malamut talking all about your financial matters. I am early in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. Dr. Newkirk is about 50, 50 minutes away. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Thank you. And this is Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Senator Palestina has landed the Atlanta County prosecutor of his choice. Uh, it has been through collegial negotiation. We have the entire story. We broke the story. It's on the app on the website. Riri the dog is home after 10 days charging out of that fire uh, now 11 days ago, great ending and uh, updates on Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small on your app. 
From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Top wind gusts today will be between 20 and 30 miles an hour, right in between breezy and windy. Other than that, today's weather looks great, mostly sunny, dry, and not as humid. Look for a high temperature this afternoon around 77 degrees. Clearing cool tonight, low of 52. Increasing clouds tomorrow, high comes down to 70. Rain rolls in tomorrow night. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Finding great early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. From the world's playground. This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. We shared with you right before the break uh, what we'll be talking about next with Chuck, and that is a two-year, 10-year yield curve. Where do we go from here, Chuck? So, so Harry, the, the media uh, was all over when the two-year rate was higher than the 10-year rate. So think about this. I'm doing the, the inverted yield the, curve so, two-hand signal. So tip, what oftentimes happens is when the two-year rate is higher than the 10-year, that oftentimes signals a recession is, is in the future. So, so last week what we saw was the steepest uh, levels of the two, as is referred to, the two versus 10, you know, the spread differential. And it was we were at, we were at the steepest levels that we have seen since January. So maybe that could perhaps delay the recession concerns. Good, you know, economic growth will slow, but a recession is being talked about much more than is being, in fact, priced into the treasury market. The you think oh, about whoa, whoa, a recession is being priced uh, into no, the- no, no, no. The economic growth will slow, but a recession is being talked about much more than what is currently being priced in the treasury market. Oh, so the bond market is oftentimes a leading indicator. Wow. And with that kind of, you know, if the curve, you know, if the two versus 10, the two yielded more, the two, the two year term was two year. You'll get there. <laughs> Thank you. I've had, I'm trying. Just, just Let me do it. I know. I, the, I know you I, can do it. You can do it. You can do, do it. it. Do so it. The, the two year rate is higher than the 10 year. That oftentimes dictates at some future point in time a recession that is not the case now the curve i'm surprised that's not the case more normalized here's what i'm worried about the gasoline prices have gone up i mean precipitously uh in the last few weeks we are exactly halfway through plus a day halfway through plus a day the second quarter it can't be looking good right now. But Harry, on the, let's talk about the consumer for a second. We did talk about consumer sentiment, mm-hmm. you know, being a little dour. But your uh, your unemployment rate is is still low. Uh, you've had some payroll employment gains. Uh, they've been fairly robust for the most part, and initial jobless claims uh, do remain low, with the exception of what just happened last week, and we'll. We'll get into uh, we'll we'll get into that in in a second. But you know, I found it very very interesting, and you and Kirk uh, kind of talked about this, you know, last hour about these gasoline prices. Yes, uh, I I I sh- I sure we all shook our heads la- last week, as as Biden, uh, you know, canceled. You no, know, he he announced that he's canceling plans for the for new drilling, for oil in Alaska. 
uh, and has halted plans for leasing, new leasing in the Gulf of Mexico. And I'm saying, well, what? There's a disconnect here. What, what is going on here? It's, I have no answer. It's, it's inexplicable. We have the highest gasoline prices ever. Uh, if you weren't listening last hour, ladies and gentlemen, a very dear friend of mine uh, filled up this morning at around 7 a.m., and paid $124. The only thing I don't know, and that he wasn't on empty. I mean, he probably was low. But, Chuck, that is, uh, that's painful for the American people. Harrison, it's, it's a tax that we all pay. Yeah. And unfortunately, low-income earners are taxed more disproportionately effective than yeah. what the high wage earners and, yeah. and see a high wage earner is just aggravated by it because it's not right it's more than it should be but they can pay it you go and you take a low middle wage earner and then they have to start making decisions about all right well if i fill up the car what can i do i mean it's it, it's it's very stressful it's extremely stressful harry and and the, the question is, can it, you know, as you mentioned, you just asked earlier in today's discussion, can inflation come down and how quickly can it come down? And obviously the Fed target at, you know, at, at 2%, uh, we, gotta, we have a long way to go before we get there, Harry. Final break, uh, sobering dialogue content from the best in the business, Chuck Malama, talking all about your financial matters to make an appointment with Chuck. I would say it's more important than ever that you reach out to Chuck so that you can get a full understanding of exactly what's best in your particular situation. And Chuck can help get you there. 609-383-2010. 609-383-2010. With Chuck Malamut, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Sean Hannity. With Chuck Malamud, it is me. It is Hurley in the morning. First quarter earnings. How are we doing, Chuck? So, Harry, we, we are just about at the end. As I mentioned to you just uh, a few minutes ago, uh, the retailers are coming this week, and they're always the last to come in the, with the earnings parade. Uh, so earnings growth Right now for Q1 uh, is expected to be about plus 10% and rev- over year over year and revenue plus 13%. But the, the common theme, and we heard it again just before we started this morning, higher costs, slowing growth, rising inflation. The, the, those are the three components moving forward. And and it, as as you kind of cook the soup or the stew, I guess is the best way to put it, uh, that, that's not necessarily great news. And the result is ultimately going to probably be a, somewhat of a weakening outlook. And that's what a lot of these CEOs or CFOs are reporting it. You know, Q1 was good, but we're not so sure uh, about Q2. And I find it very interesting today, and we're not allowed to talk about individual companies, but it did happen. Uh, a big beat with Home Depot and and their uh, and their earnings outlook, uh, pretty rosy picture that they put out there for future quarters. So I don't know if that's sort of the aberration of the rule, Harry. Or but is there a disconnect to the companies are all seemingly? It seems like most, and we're not talking about any one. When we say generally that that they seem to be um, meeting or exceeding 
and that's top line and bottom line, in the midst of all this other bad news, they seem to be doing better. The question at hand is... Or is that lagging? It's it's lagging, and the question at hand is, can you continue to uh, push these price increases onto the consumer? And I think in the case, and again, not talking about individual companies' uh, recommendations, but Walmart this morning also reported, and they missed. Hmm. And they missed because of the supply chain and these rising costs. And so, you know, you, you have two two different retailers with obviously two different results we have to fix the supply chain issue um i know you don't talk about any one stock but i'll just mention there's a certain company that's very well known for making gas grills part of their problem right now where they didn't turn out how they could have or how they should have is they can't get the materials to build the grills there is there is somewhat of a downturn in people purchasing them, but they can't get the materials. You know, we can't feed babies, baby formula. We can't get materials to do the basic things. Um, well, well, Harry, so let, let's think about this for a second. And I'm going to jump ahead in yeah, our go ahead. chat here for a minute. But uh, it, it's been estimated that 41 Chinese cities mm. uh, populated by a com- combined 300 million people, Three. 100 million people are locked down are under either a partial yeah or a complete lockdown so that's and, affecting and, supply and chain that, big that is the major crux between behind what is happening right now with supply chains mm. i mean 300 million people yeah i mean Harry, that's I mean, more than the, i mean they, they, that's more than we have in our country I mean, they talk about you know you talk about beijing you talk about shanghai and i mean yeah they're they're big cities but i was shocked when i saw this the other day that there's that many people that are either partially or fully locked down. Mm. Uh, and, and hopefully, you know, it sounds as if there, things are getting better. But every time you hear that, then all of a sudden you do a reversal and you're back to where you were, you know, just a couple of weeks before. Excellent point. Uh, investors intelligence bull bear ratio. So, Harry, uh, it's, one of, it's one of the um, uh, surveys, uh, the consensus that it's followed. And, and, and it's this bull bear ratio fell you know it's got it needs to be around one you know for neutral and it fell last week to zero to 0.68 and and oftentimes when you get below one it does in fact uh buy you know create buying opportunities with equities and but unfortunately because of the whipsaw action that we're seeing in the volatility in equity markets i think a lot of retail investors in particular, you know, basically a step to the sidelines. They're not terribly interested. The problem right now, Chuck, where this language of buying opportunities, that's always very enticing because people aren't confident where the bottom is. They're not looking at this as buying opportunities, are they? Well, I, I think what they're looking, I, I, yes and no, because I think the whip, this, this potential whipsaw action that we're seeing uh, where we have had I don't know, 90% of the days so far this year, I believe, have traded in 1% increments, uh, plus or minus, you know, the indices. And then, Harry, I don't know the number for sure, but a big number of days that we've traded in at 2%, plus or minus, it's huge. I mean, people, I don't want to say it's a casino, but it sometimes mm-hmm. feels like, you know, are, are we actually investing or are we gambling? Does it does it matter to the Malamut program that Mexico Central Bank 
is raising rates? I think it does, Harry, because, you know, what we're seeing here, not only domestically, but internationally as well. And, you know, Mexico raised their rates last week by 50 basis points to 7%. It's the eighth increase they have, they have had since last June. So it's not quite a year. Uh, they've had they've had all these increases and and they said that they have to put more forceful measures in place uh, if inflation doesn't subside and and consumer prices you know were up seven point seven percent in April in Mexico so all right well Chuck knows me for, for over forty two years so he knows I don't like crypto never did I didn't understand it it was like the dot com bubble to me I said Chuck. What is this? There's nothing there. This is air. This has got to pop. And, of course, it did. Guys like Cuban that, that sold and got out and were worth billions still, but a lot of people got left holding an empty uh, paper bag. Uh, the plummeting price of crypto, has it lost about half its value? It, it has, Harry. And if you think about, uh, about this for a second, uh, last week, you know, crypt- crypto was supposed to be a non-correlated asset. And as equities move in one direction and crypto is supposed to move in another, and it wasn't too long ago that crypto and precious metals would protect the portfolio. Uh, and as I just mentioned, it, you know, crypto, you know, oftentimes seems like a, a casino where you're moving five, seven, ten percent a day. But what happened last Thursday, and I'm not going to, Harry, it would be foolish of me to call a market bottom. Yeah, uh, but it certainly felt like we got very, very close. I hope. Although a lot of strategists are now, you know, reducing their estimates on the S and P five hundred. But you know, crypto uh, last week the the price, you know, basically, you know, f- you know, f- went to twenty five thousand. I believe the price of Bitcoin down significantly, and 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 as a result of that, you know, the financial stability concerns are out there now. I don't know, Harry, if it's... By the way, depending on when you bought your crypto, you could still be fabulously on the right side, but still half is... So the the question, yeah, the question at hand is, is this this systematic risk uh, in in particular, or is it just that it's so opaque that you can't really understand the currencies? I've talked with a lot of people that, you know, know, that generation that, that has been buying crypto, and all I'm asking for is just give me an explanation of, of what this asset is. And I'm really confused. But institutions right now, Harry, are, are, are stepping up. And uh, one institution in particular is going to offer the ability for uh, plan participants in a 401k plan uh, that they record keep to be able to buy crypto. Amazing. Uh, which I find I – find, um, very unusual, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, look, you don't have a lot of regulation. I know Janet Yellen last week was banging the table again about about getting crypto they regulated. They want to, yeah. Um, you know, there's not even a defined jurisdiction, Harry, uh, under which you know, crypto falls. You know, wh- who – like who is in charge, in charge of this? Uh, so who is the lender of last resort? If we end up, Harry – Let's say we end Who's up in the a chairman of the Federal Reserve <laughs> Board of Crypto. But let's say we had a let's say we had a black swan event, yeah. it, just like we had with the financial crisis. Yep. And and remember the um, you know all the big banks came went down to Washington and they were forced to take money to help shore up the economy yeah. and a lot of these companies you know were forced to merge because and if some someone out of business I, you don't have that in, in crypto land and and you know. 
And then last week, by our, design, they expressly don't want this kind of right. Thing. But but here's what happens. So think about this. There were there, you know also what sort of that pile on theory. What happened? There, there was a disclosure last week by one of the largest exchanges in crypto that a, a you know that they could in fact um, you know end up with bankruptcy. And 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 if they did, wow, you know. Clients would be considered unsecured creditors, unsecured creditors, Harry, yeah. of, of wherever their money or their crypto was being held. So, Is it fair to say you're not a fan of crypto? Uh, Harry, it's not that I'm not a fan. I just don't yeah. understand it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't it's, either. And, and it's, and, but the, think, remember, you know, remember Lehman Brothers? Mm-hmm. You know, they went out and, if, and they, were, uh, they were absorbed. The brokerage unit was absorbed, bought it by J.P. Morgan. So all of those, you know, those... Um, uh, account holders ended up becoming J.P. Morgan account holders. In this case, you don't have that. That and Harry, look, that to me is a little scary. Yeah, and me I'll, too. I'll leave it at that. Uh, Twenty seconds closing comment, um, Harry. I think you know if you if you haven't done your your review, if you don't if you don't understand where you are with respect to potential retirement planning, you cut. You know if you haven't learned it, you, you know. I mean, certainly what we've what we've gone through the last four and a half months. I think you need to. I think it's been an eye-opener, and you really need to get on it, Harry. Get a hold of Chuck Malama for all of your financial planning needs, 609-383-2010. 609-383-2010. We'll be back in just a few minutes, and then Dr. Newkirk will join us after the first segment with uh, a great discussion all about your pets and his excellent adventure to uh, South America. It's early in the morning. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Thank you. We are back. And thank you to my good friend, Dr. Newkirk, uh, for making it possible for me to do what I needed to do for the first 15 minutes of this hour and still get a full Dr. Newkirk uh, program in all about pets. And I have to, after saying good morning to my friend, uh, Dr. Newkirk, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Good morning. And I have to begin because I think it's so exciting, uh, and for our listeners to hear about it. Tell us about your trip to South America. It wasn't just going to a beautiful country. I mean, you were these photos with you in the armadillo and with the lion cub. I mean, this is like Animal Planet. This is beautiful. Uh, tell us about it. Yeah, this is a uh, rehab rescue center in uh, Cuenca, Ecuador. Uh, This is a center that takes in uh, animals from circuses and sideshows, so things like lions and bears and other animals that have been mistreated. But, you know, uh, it's not like, well, we have a, we rescued these dogs, let's go adopt them out to other people. Uh, These are lions and uh, jaguars and animals, of course, that um, are, are not going to be adoptable by people, and you cannot release them into the wild because they don't know how to hunt, they don't know how to take care of themselves. Uh, so this is a beautiful reserve literally built into the side of a mountain so the animals have natural pens they can climb and keep their good exercise. I mean, the pen might be a quarter of an acre uh, so that they have time to or places to move and run and they can hide in natural trees. You know, it's just terrific. Um, so uh, when I was down there, I consult for them and then uh, 
We have, uh, they had a little baby cub born a couple weeks ago, and the mother abandoned it, unfortunately, little lion cub. So uh, we were back and forth um, figuring out what to feed this thing and, and how to take care of it. And uh, so Hey, hey of- Doc, go back a step, because you know more uh, than we'll ever know about all this. But when a, a mother abandons a cub like that, is, is that because the, the mother senses some kind of weakness? There's something wrong with the cub? Why, why does that happen? Well, uh, remember, these are animals that were not socialized properly in a, in a pride. Lions are uh, families, of course. And so when you have a first-time mother, there are other lions that kind of help and communicate in whatever way that they do. And uh, many of these cubs, not nursing so much, but, you know, they're raised as a family. So um, we'll see this sometimes in in dogs as well. Uh, They just, they they look at this thing and say, what the heck is this? And, you know, I don't want it, et cetera. So while, yes, it's possible something's wrong, I think this was a case of uh, socialization. It was the first cub. She didn't know what to do. Um, they are in a pen with other lions, and they are a group, but they're not family in the sense that they haven't been raised together. Uh, so, unfortunately, she abandoned them. Now, now, for example, this beautiful lion cub that you are holding in the photo that I am looking at that um, our listeners obviously cannot look at, but I'll try to describe. I mean, you're holding this like it's a cat, like it's a dog. Um, if this... And obviously this this cub is going to get big and all of that. If they stay involved with humans, because we know the example of Siegfried, Siegfried and Roy with the Bengal, beautiful Bengal tigers and the one, you know, I don't even know the circumstances because he always felt that the tiger was helping him, not trying to, when he grabbed, when the tiger grabbed him by the neck and and obviously then the the blood loss and the the you know everything that transpired uh with him for the rest of his life following that but he never believed that he was attacked is it possible to domesticate wild animals to where i've seen the videos of humans that have this interaction with what would otherwise be wild animals can can they be domesticated to where they will not just all of a sudden one day attack a human? Well, the answer to that is is most likely no. Um, you know, Siegfried and Roy, quite an extreme example where, of course, these animals live with them and, and they were worked with and trained, you know, tons and tons of, of hours and work gone into that. Uh, but here again, you know, something happened and, uh, it, ultimately, they are still wild, and and they can hurt you even if they're trying to help you. And and this is what he thought. Uh, the problem with this, in my opinion, is there were plenty of other places to grab a hold of uh, this guy. Uh, the neck is the kill yes. zone. Uh, yes. Animals always go for the neck, so. Um, why this tiger attacked him? You know, I think he did attack him, but exactly why? You know, good. I question. do too. He doesn't think so. He's gone now, but he doesn't think so. But I do think so. He doesn't want to think so. But yeah, I, I agree with you uh, on that w- without question. But how cool is it though to hold 
a little lion like that. Yeah, and, you know, just uh, all I could think of was, well, it's just like a regular kitten stumbling around, couldn't quite walk yet, you know, and uh, made all the little noises, you know, just cute as a button, this little guy. Um, so he's about two and a half weeks old there in that photo. Wow. Uh, the, the idea with this one, though, is going to be to, um, you know, raise him until he can eat on his own and then reintroduce him into the, the family unit there. Um, you know, they won't sell him or give him to a zoo per se. You know, he'll, he'll go back to this family. Um, so, uh, but yeah, pretty cool. And, uh, some of those other photos, these are animals that uh, are still in the quarantine. That's why you can kind of see the the little bit of bars on the cages and all. Yes. Uh, the, the, the one's an ocelot, um, and the other one is a puma. Uh, unfortunately, if you look at those eyes, she's actually blind. Oh. Um, he was rescued. He was rescued from a sideshow circus there as well. Um, so he was somewhat friendly. He would come up to the bars and rub on the bars and, you know, have you scratch his neck and things like that. So, uh, but, um, so he was taken from a sideshow, but all the animals need to be quarantined first because we have no idea of their nutrition and were they um, dewormed and are they carrying any diseases? And of course, before they're put out into the the pens with uh, other similar-like species, then uh, we hold them in in quarantine to to make sure there's no problem. This is fascinating. More uh, discussion with Dr. Newkirk right after this. We'll be gone just for a few minutes to stay close and a reminder to make an appointment with Dr. Newkirk and his wonderful team of compassionate care providers. They are terrific. That's why it's Newkirk Family Veterinarians. It's a wonderful practice. 609 645-2120, 609-645-2120. 645-2120, and they're on the web at NewkirkFamilyVeterinarians.com. Dr. Mark Newkirk continues with yours truly early in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, great one. We are visiting with Dr. Mark Newkirk, the official, the exclusive veterinarian for the Hurley in the Morning program and personally for the Hurley family as well. Oh, and I have a great story to uh, pass by Dr. Newkirk for his comment a little bit later in his program. It's a wonderful, happy ending, uh, an issue that we've been covering here on the show, but even more on the WPG Talk Radio app digital platform. Uh, We'll get to that. Uh, Doc, I was thinking about this because we wrote a story uh, for the app, for for the website, WPGTalkRadio.com. Our listeners can navigate either way. And it was basically that the pandemic is over and that we've entered the endemic phase. Uh, The casinos, for example, and it's the piece that we reported about uh, about three or four hours ago, uh, that they're back to pre-pandemic levels in terms of earnings. The people want to recreate again. They want to get, you know, they don't want to be in this in this mask for life thing and and pandemic forever. Uh, so let me ask you from, because uh, you've been such a responsible practitioner all during the couple of years of this pandemic, what are the, I'll use the term, protocols right now at Newkirk Family Veterinarians for your 
human owners and the pets. What are, what's everybody following right now at Newkirk? Yeah, here we've decided to uh, let people in and have been for a while. We we try to and keep the waiting room kind of empty, so to speak. So we we have people come in and try to go right into an exam room. Uh, but people are welcome now. Uh, it's up to you if you want to wear a mask or not. Uh, uh, but it, it's nice to be back to somewhat normal, um, to say, hey, <clears throat> to to see the animal and say the, see the owner as well. So uh, so we're, we're pretty much back to normal in that sense. Doc, I think you're going to love this story, and you're not going to be surprised about it, although a lot of people, when we reported on it yesterday, were just so pleasantly surprised and didn't have the the optimistic feelings i had really good feelings unless this dog would be hit by a car or something like that because anything is possible or get in some kind of wild fight who knows with what because we're finding these exotic animals anymore even even sometimes down beach i mean i saw pictures of foxes in ventnor i think it was so it's it's getting crazy actually what's being seen out there bobcats and these other things so anyhow on may 6th there's a horrific fire at one o'clock in the morning. The family gets out alive, thank God, and the 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 dog tears out of the house at one a.m. in the morning and flies out on Mill Road. This is outside of the Fountain Lakes area of Egg Harbor Township, uh, right off of um, Mill Road. So witnesses saw that Rihanna, more often known as Riri got out, which was beautiful because uh, a few months ago, there was a fire just five doors down on the opposite side of the street on the same block, and a beloved dog died. Uh, I think you know that sometimes they get scared and they go upstairs and they hide, and then, of course, they're overcome by the smoke and they die. Most people listening, you don't burn up typically in a fire. You usually are overcome by the smoke. So this dog gets out. Yesterday, Doc, 10 days later... And this family, they cared more about Riri. They didn't care. They lost their home. They lost their worldly possessions. It's a total loss. It's a tragedy uh, from a property you know, value standpoint. They cared more about getting their dog back, and they knew their dog got out. So I, because I am a disciple of the school of Newkirk, I'm thinking, all right, this dog, unless it runs into just bad luck, this dog is going to come home, and if it tried to come home, the home is all boarded up and everything, but they're going to get this dog back. I just know it because I'm listening to Newkirk in my ear say they're carnivores. There was a lot of rain, so there was going to be plenty of water, and Doc, this dog made it on its – and there was, as you know, horrific weather to boot, but I'm sure this dog got in you know, underneath a porch or whatever, but Doc, 10 days later, the dog is home everybody's jubilant, ecstatic, unbelievably happy. And I, from the beginning, took the position, I'm an, I'm an eternal optimist. I knew that this dog was going to be fine because I've listened to you talk about resiliency and all of these things. Uh, you're not shocked that a dog made it out, made it made okay out there for 10 days on the lamb and is back home. You're not shocked by that to hear that, are you? Um, no, not at all. Uh, animals are pretty darn resilient, as you said, and uh, fortunately it wasn't freezing cold out there and not blisteringly hot. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a wonderful thing. 
And what happens, though, sometimes is they get out and they're so scared that they won't come to anybody. Yes. Uh, That's what happened. The dog was on the run. Exactly what you just said. Yeah, and the, then finally, uh, and I, as I understand, it took a few people to finally corral the dog when they found the dog. Ten people, four hours, even when they knew about where the dog was. Yeah, they get so scared, and then they just keep running, you know, and they, they may have had a, a couple of close calls with cars or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah, they can do survive pretty darn well, and uh, so thankfully this is a story that... that well, now, of course, the, the, I think I think they said all the right things. They gave uh, Riri a really good bath. And then today, uh, Riri's going to the vet. I hope it's Newkirk. Um, but I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Uh, and that's the right thing to do, because who knows ticks and, you know, who knows what's going on out there. Uh, are there any things you could think of in case family members or the Sholey family and the Sibbert family, that this is their dog. Uh, they're listening right now because I know they're, they're well aware of this platform, our show, and we've been writing a lot and a lot of supportive things on behalf of them. We, we got involved at a few different levels to try to step up uh, for and with them. Is there anything after a traumatic event like this that you do? Do you do extra loving? Um, is there anything like traumatized from here? That has to be just unwound, uh, you know, replugged, if you will. What, what do you say relative to the condition of a pet that's gone for ten days and then is is reacquainted, you know, with their with their human loved ones? Now, usually they will reassimilate back into the home uh, fairly normally. It might take a couple of days, and you know they have, have some lingering fears. But once they figure out they're in whatever kind of uh, family unit and stable environment again, they're usually okay. Now I say usually uh, because sometimes these dogs can be uh, quite traumatized from certain things being outside and. You know, I have seen cases sometimes where there are some pretty major behavioral changes. So um, at this stage of the game, um, you know, I would certainly be giving the dog a few days to reassimilate, um, sort of understand that, hey, while this is our new home and I have all these new smells, uh, at least, you know, I have my, my family members and I smell them and, you know, we're okay. Uh, but certainly, if there are some behavioral changes still going on after that, uh, then make sure you don't let that go. Uh, talk to your doctor about behavioral modification medications. You know, hopefully, again, and most times they're not needed. But this is something that um, if there, you know, let's just say there's aggression or um, just like terror, panic, things like that. You know, these are things that uh, could certainly uh, the use of pharmaceuticals or nutritional therapies uh, and alternative therapies that, that we use. Um, Bach flowers are quite uh, effective here. Uh, which deal with certain emotions like terror, panic, fear, things like that. Um, So you want to do whatever you can, of course, to get this animal back to normal as quick as possible. So, you know, I would give the animal a week maybe, and if you're seeing some lingering things, um, then, you know, consult with your doctor. Such good advice. And I heard in there loud and clear also you raised a very good point that I hadn't thought of. the familiarity of the dog's home the home is gone so the dog is in in 
totally strange surroundings unless it's I, I i'm going to actually check into it unless it's a home that the dog has spent time in a friend's home or a relative's home i'm not sure where the you know the family is staying but um i know one thing boy this dog has a lot of people that love this dog oh my gosh family extended family and now so many thousands of people that have been listening to the story and reading the articles that we've been writing on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app and at WPGTalkRadio.com. Check it out. We reported extensively yesterday about it as well. And I had a brief exchange uh, with um, Mrs. Scholey about, about things, and they're just so happy, so happy. When we come back, more with Dr. Newkirk. Uh, we're going to touch on allergies. This is, uh, to get a little selfish here for a second, but it's, I'm not asking Doc for any, uh, any advice for me. Uh, it's going to be for the pets, but this is my absolute worst two weeks to four weeks of the year. Brutal. It's typically why I try to get out for a little while. We took the five days, um, and it was beautiful. I was in an area with no tree pollen, and it was fantastic. But, boy, this um, this tree pollen is is brutal. Even people that don't have allergies are telling me that they're affected right now. So it's going to be a rough few weeks uh, to four weeks, probably tops, usually by about the time of our golf tournament, you know, I'm pretty good to go. And that's the first day every year that I stay out for hours. Other than that, um, I'm one of Dr. Newkirk's house cats. I, I walk from my car in here, from in here to my car and from my car into my house. And I got to stay out of this tree pile. And we're going to talk allergies next with Dr. Newkirk back on the, uh, the heels of an amazing adventure in South America. Dr. Mark Newkirk, for all of your uh, pet needs, he's terrific, and so is his team, 609-645-2120, 609-645-2120. On the web at NewkirkFamilyVeterinarians.com. With Dr. Newkirk, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. You know, every three seconds there is a new victim of identity theft. A criminal could be applying for loans in your name, selling your personal information on the dark web. Now, protecting your identity can be very easy thanks to LifeLock by Norton. No one company can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction of every business, but LifeLock, it's simple and easy to protect yourself. And you'll save up to 25% off your first year when you go to lifelock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Just use the promo code Hannity. After 9-11, Ben Harrow couldn't wait to enlist in the Army. But in Afghanistan, Ben stepped on an IED while leading an anti-terrorism mission. Ben survived but lost both of his legs above the knee, two fingers, and sustained injuries to his right forearm. Ben now lives in a smart home from the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, which gave him back his independence despite his severe physical challenges. Help heroes like Ben. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. With Dr. Mark Newkirk, this is the Newkirk Family Veterinarians Program, twice monthly here with yours truly, Dr. Mark Newkirk of Newkirk Family Veterinarians. That's on the second, uh, a rather correction, correction, first and third Tuesday of every month, typically at about 9.05-ish, 
And today we started a little bit later, and that was on me. Um, and I thank Dr. Newkirk uh, for being willing to start a little bit later this morning. Dr. Newkirk, uh, the allergies right now are so bad that actually, like, it affects your concentration because you're just getting bombarded with the histamine. So I've learned from you that the the pets do not, they don't have allergies the way that humans have allergies, but nonetheless, they have allergies that can also be very severe. Uh, So if we're in agony right now, and I will say I'm the Rush chairman of uh, the Tree Pollen Society, uh, if we're having a rough time right now, they're out even more than we are potentially, you know, if they're out in the backyard and things like that. Uh, what do you say to the folks with their dogs, with their animals, and the tree pollen allergies that are raging right now? Yeah, the big thing, as you mentioned, is uh, animals' allergies, uh, 90 95% of them are different from us where we're sneezing and coughing. Uh, the majority of dogs and cats actually are scratching they're licking their paws excessively, um, shaking their head and their ears excessively. Um, and uh, this is because the mechanism is different. We are a histamine-based allergy system, and so we take our antihistamines, and animals are not. And so, therefore, antihistamines don't really work very well, and that's why they lick and scratch instead of uh, sneezing and coughing. Uh, a big thing, especially for your animals that go outside, is whenever they come in, take a cold, wet washcloth and wipe their face down, their nose, their muzzle, and also the inner flaps of the ears, and physically washing that pollen off. And also in the feet and in between the toes, just ice-cold water. You don't need any kind of um, shampoo or anything. Uh, this really helps quite a lot, uh, amazingly uh, uh, well. Um, we see a lot of cats that sit in the windowsill when uh, we have the windows open, so wipe down that windowsill as well. Uh, take uh, some water in a spray bottle and spray from inside to outside so you're washing the pollen off as best you can. Uh, and then wipe down the cat. Um, they don't like it very much, but it's, <laughs> it's really important. That's a good one. They don't like it, do they? Are, do, do I guess the personalities are such. Are there any cats that like to take a bath, or they just they don't like it, do they? They they like to give themselves a bath, right? Yeah, they're obviously different creatures, and and in the wild, we'll see them sometimes swimming, and a lot of cats do like swimming, um, tigers especially, for example. Um, But for the most part, no, cats are not very uh, keen on getting a bath. Now, if you teach them when they're young, when they're little, not that they'll like it, but they'll tolerate it. Uh, But it's important to teach teach them when they're real small, and you can control them pretty well to, you know, that a bath is not the worst thing in the world. Uh, same as you would bathe your puppy periodically and and get them to figure out what it is that you're doing. So it's possible um, they'll tolerate it, but I've not seen a cat that really likes it. No. This is crazy. I, I, I'm going to ask you a basic question that I do not believe I have ever asked you in almost 20 years that we've been together. This is almost ridiculous in my mind because it's such a basic question, but I know I've never posed this question to you. Is it 
a good idea and should it be part of the regimen, if you will, to brush your cat? Yeah, really important. Um, while cats do take care of themselves, there's always the issue of hairballs, of course, and then you have lots of shedding, especially with our longer hair cats uh, and cats that are obese, which is very common. And when they're obese, they physically cannot turn around far enough to clean over the, the lower back and around the back legs and around the rectal area. Uh, so it's important that really you brush these cats. I mean, first of all, we don't want obesity. A uh, fair number of diabetics um, become secondary to obesity in cats. And the last thing you really want to be doing is giving your cat insulin shots twice a day. Uh, so keep them on the thin side. And certainly if you have a cat that tends to be overweight, uh, there are weight-reducing diets, number one. And number two, uh, don't leave food down all day. Cats are predators, and, um, you know, if they're outside and they don't catch a bird or a mouse today, they don't eat. So, first of all, it's, it's a complete myth that they need food down all day. Uh, but the same as us, we, we wouldn't be eating food all day, and otherwise we'd be very heavy. So start them on two meals a day and then use a weight-reducing diet. But important in these cats to, uh, again, do a lot of grooming. We'll see a lot of dandruff in these cats because they're not grooming themselves very well. And we see then, especially in the long hairs, um, a lot of matting of the hair. And many times uh, around the rectum, we've seen cats so severely matted that, uh, unfortunately, there's poop stuck in all that hair back there. So important, really, to keep them uh, brushed uh, quite uh, often, especially if they're overweight. There's also a lot of cats that we literally shave down, the long hair cats. Uh, mine, I have a long hair calico, and come uh, spring, she gets shaved down. Uh, she's much cooler. Uh, we don't have to worry about um, shedding tons of hair all over the place. And, you know, the hair grows back, and by uh, fall, it's all grown back, and she's got her coat for the winter. You know, and cats are inside for the most part, so... Uh, you know, that, that uh, coat becomes, um, it, it's like you and I wearing a coat. Um, it is completely false that a long hair coat keeps them cool. Uh, so uh, go ahead and shave them down. Uh, you know, they look a little funny, mm -hmm. but uh, I find that my cat really loves it and uh, it completely stops the hairballs, of course. And uh, she, she's happy. She's nice and cool. Doc, what do you say right now relative to fleas, ticks, mosquitoes? Uh, well, it is the season, of course. Uh, Mother Nature takes care of her little bugs like she takes care of everybody else. Um, and uh, uh, these little critters do, um, do carry diseases. Uh, we know the mosquitoes carry heartworm. Uh, this is to your dog and uh, a real problem in dogs. And uh, we now know that uh, cats can get this too. It's just a different form of disease. Uh, very easily to prevent. Uh, we give them a, a pill once a month. It's a little cookie. And when the mosquito injects the little baby heartworms, uh, it kills them before they get to the heart. And you can imagine having worms in your heart is not such a very good thing. Uh, fortunately, people don't get this, uh, but dogs do and cats do. 
So this time of year, we want to be testing our animals to make sure they haven't picked it up because this is a disease that has no signs or symptoms until the heart starts to have trouble. And by then we have heart damage and uh, boy, trying to treat these guys is difficult. Um, They can die from the disease, they can die from the treatment. So this is a serious, serious disease, uh, easily preventable. So uh, this is a time of year that all your dogs should be tested and our outside cats and everybody started on the preventative. Uh, fleas, while well, we do see actually allergy to fleas, we see what's called flea allergic dermatitis. Fleas are not quite here yet. They need some humidity, but they'll be here soon. And uh, these are animals that just scratch themselves to pieces um, and uh, just from the allergic reaction to the bites of the flea. So uh, we can have animals with lots of fleas on them, but they're not allergic. And then we can have animals with just a few fleas on them, and they're ripping their hair out. Uh, So this can be a big problem. And fleas carry tapeworm. So uh, oftentimes what happens is the flea will bite the dog or the cat, and the cat will bite the flea, swallow the flea. You look, you don't see anything, yet the cat's pulling its hair out. Uh, That's flea allergy. And then a couple months later, you have these little rice-like looking things uh, in the stool, that's tapeworm. Hmm. And ticks, of course, as we know, can carry um, all kinds of nasty things. Uh, Lyme disease is a big one. Uh, There are two others we see here often, uh, Ehrlichia and Anaplasma, uh, primarily for our dogs. For some reason, it appears cats don't get this problem from ticks. Uh, Of course, humans do. Uh, So this is a big thing to be screening uh, your dogs for every year because these are other diseases that can be uh, long in their development. Um, they can be very insidious. They can hide. These diseases can kind of hide from you. Uh, so it's important to get them checked. And I would say of all the things that we diagnose on a weekly basis, uh, we we typically pick up one or two dogs with subclinical infections of one of the tick-borne diseases. So very, very common, you know, we see these things. Now, it's important to note that no matter what the label says, there's nothing on the face of the earth that prevents ticks from getting on your animal. There's no product that puts this little magic box around your dog or cat and keeps ticks off. The idea is when ticks get on the dog or cat, they bite in and they suck up this stuff and they die hopefully before they transmit the disease. So if you read these labels carefully, it says helps prevent tick disease. Final minute, Doc, and it's a hard break. Got it. Uh, So an RI looks at it and says, oh, prevents ticks and it's not really what it does so so be aware of what these products do and don't do so um to sum up wonderful weather out there uh you've got allergies we've got mother nature's parasites so everybody beware and um but enjoy and go to the dog park uh the dog park is open uh ehtdogpark.com you do not have to be a member uh, a resident of eht to join but a great place to have your dogs run and play. 
Doc, congrats on the trip to South America, and thanks for all the important information that you've imparted uh, during this edition of your program. Uh, talk to you real soon. All right, sir. Have a good one. You too, my friend. Dr. Mark Newkirk, 609-645-2120. Brian Kilmeade is here. I will see you later today on the app and at WPGTalkRadio.com. We'll reconvene right back here in 19 hours and 54 minutes. Have a great day. Uh, and the uh, as always, be careful, be safe, be well. And wake up early in the morning. It's good for you.